0: Hello, and welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in.
1: <laughs> What's the latest TikTok friend? Whisper. Welcome to the Cisco
0: UKI podcast, ASMR Special Edition. You're good at that. <laughs> Rosie! I start every episode with that, don't I? Rosie! Coloured! Feels like it's been a long time. I know, I feel like, why does it feel so long since we did Because we did a
1: double recording in one month. Oh, we're giving away our secrets here, are we? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we didn't actually record like, we pre-recorded, so yeah, we haven't actually done it in over a month, have
0: we? To be Mm. fair,
1: we've got to work around our schedule and our holidays and actually our day job, so...
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it just feels like it's been a long time. Not a long time since I've seen you. I see you all the time. But just a long time since we've been in this recording studio. What has been happening? What's new? Is there anything to talk about?
1: Well, COVID finally caught me after two two years. Finally well chased me down, got the COVID.
0: You um, lasted long, but not as long as me. I'm still COVID free. don't know how it's I happened because every other person has it again right now. So...
1: Yeah, I'm proud I managed to last this long, but yeah, would I wish I had it? Not really. So
0: keep avoiding it. Yeah, I know. I feel like um, loads of people are being quite dismissive of it just now and just saying, oh, it's just like a cold. But then I've heard of other people that have really struggled with like tiredness, exhaustion. um, And it actually hit our podcast because we were supposed to be recording a completely different episode this month. And unfortunately, both of our guests have come down with COVID, so we've had to reshuffle some of the episode planning, which is fine. Because, mm-hmm. drum roll! <clears throat> oh, I'm double. never prepared for this bit. Wait, here, because, <coughs> just like at Christmas when we did a double whammy special episode, because the Easter holidays are coming up, We've decided, off the cuff, to do a double whammy Easter holiday special! So you're getting two episodes this month instead of just one. Actually three episodes, you're getting two of their normal monthly podcast episodes and one of our new TikToks at the end of the month. So we are just a gift that keeps on giving, aren't we Rosie? (laughs) Yeah, lucky you
1: guys, double whammy. Yeah, so
0: let's just start by actually saying what we're going to be talking about this month. So we set out as a plan b because our other plans for this month were were destroyed by covid um to talk about hybrid work and actually it's a really topical theme everyone is talking about hybrid work wherever you turn these days and we decided just to rally and get some of our mates on the people who talk about hybrid work in different aspects in different areas of the Cisco business um and let's just start actually by just putting into context what we actually mean by hybrid work, Rosie, because I feel like this term hybrid work is getting banded about a lot. And actually, mm-hmm. what what are we talking about? So I read an article before we came on today. And actually, when you read any article, they tend to sort of summarise hybrid work into like two or three key, key themes. But this article had like five key reasons why people want a hybrid working model. Okay, and I'm going to go through them and then you can kind of chat through them if you like. But the first one mm-hmm. on the list was so that you can work when and how you're most productive would you agree with that
1: yeah because I mean there's times that like you know you're back to back in meetings all day and going into the office maybe isn't the most productive use of your time whereas sometimes you've got a more free day and you want to be a bit more social or have the time to be more social you can go into the office and it kind of lifts your spirits a bit so yeah
0: percent And I appreciate the flexibility that we have here and the flexibility, I guess, that lots of companies are giving their staff nowadays. But Mm -hmm. because I find sometimes it's just the way my brain works. It's the way I'm wired. Sometimes in a morning or whatever, I'm just not as productive. Like I've not quite woken up. I've never really been a morning person. I was always a night owl, especially at uni when I was studying. So I sometimes find that like actually in the evening, when there's no one pinging me on webex i'm not getting emails i actually get through a load of work especially like admin type stuff that i tend to put off and so i like that there's a bit of flexibility that if i don't have to be in meetings but i know i've got work to do i can kind of catch up in an evening and then my time just sort of balances itself out but there's Mm just kind of trust between like my boss and and you're teams here, I guess, that you can do a bit of that. And we're in a luxury in the type of jobs that we have that we can do that for customer facing. We can be working during the day, but admin type stuff we can catch up. So that's number one. The second thing was better work life balance 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, how did we used to do it? We used to get up, so rarely, I don't know, commute in a car. I mean, even when I, I think back to jobs where I lived in Aberdeen, it would take me like over an hour to drive somewhere that was like, I think like six miles from my house or something because of traffic. Like, So you used to sit in your car in the morning, you would do a full mm-hmm. office day. Yep. At night time, you didn't go home. You'd have to cook dinner. If you wanted to go to the gym or go a walk, you had to cram all that in before you went to bed. Insane. Now, flexibility of, again, on a lunch break or whatever, I can go a walk. I can walk the dog and I can go to the gym or I can go a run in the morning and come back and not have to worry about rushing in a commute.
1: I oh, know, like I oh, used so. to have a two hour commute there and like there and a two hour commute back. I used to commute just, four hours a day. I just like I can't imagine going back to that. Like no.
0: I mean, yeah. Obviously I
1: moved closer to the office as well during the pandemic. So like my, my commute is only fifteen minutes now. But like pre pandemic, I was going two hours and not even thinking anything of it. You were just part of you know that part was a merry morning. I know. Mm. Yeah, I used to try and, you know, be at the train station with, you know, that lovely, reliable Scottish weather that we have. You used to have to give yourself at least three trains. So if three trains were cancelled, you could still make it to work on time. But that's just me being OCD, probably. But no also, one else does that. But imagine
0: how many episodes of the podcast people could listen to if they still had to commute <laughs> these days. <laughs> you could get them all in. You could be listening. We could be doing. We could it every week for you. Number three was. This is one that we've spoke about. Reduce exposure to illness. Right. Let's talk about this because when I was at school, I one of the things that I was most proud about was until fifth year, I had a 100% attendance record at high school. Okay. Total geek. Never mind. I just loved school. I never wanted no, to same. miss it. And Absolutely then I got same. mumps. I got, came down with mumps in fifth year. Right. And it's just one of the ones that you just. You have to surrender to, right? I even went into school with a f- scarf wrapped around my neck and I begged them to let me come in. That's how pathetic it was. My mum was like, this is ridiculous, right? But I lost my 100% record, right? And that carried on with me throughout work. Like, I never take sick days. I just, it's just not in me. I just power through. And I would be the person, I could walk, wake up with a flu and I still would have pulled myself into that office. Oh, 100%. I and no. now i'm just like that's so irresponsible like the germs like no if i used anybody... to go in
1: with a, a, a like an actual pack of kleenex like ready for the day like <laughs> the come the on water we bottle can,
0: we can oh 100 percent. yeah i used to have a hot wash
1: bottle a packet of tissues and i'd be ready for like i'd be like i'm doing this and it used to be like death warmed up really and, and now, now
2: like, someone God. sniffs
1: next to you i'm like what what get home get i actually home get personally room. offended when people come in to the office unwell know. it's like
0: at home it is bad it's really it is bad um so there's that um number four was saving on real estate expenses i guess that's just something that loads of businesses are considering right now is there really the need for these big offices anymore or and the argument which we kind of touch on in a lot of our conversation in this episode is the reason why people want to go to the office is it needs to be a better experience than what it was before. And it also needs to be a better experience than home now to actually encourage people yeah. to want to go in the office. Well, it also just four. allows
1: businesses to redesign their spaces and actually take a step back and have a look around. Is it fit for purpose? Do we change sites? So yeah, it's not necessarily about reducing your real estate. It's more about repurposing it. Totally.
0: And the fifth one in this email, email? this article that I read was, higher talent across the globe again to- like how many opportunities has this opened up for people well, to- We do.
1: like even in our Scottish team like some of our team are based in Portugal some of our team are based in Ireland some of our team are based down south um and also working in Scotland and it really doesn't make a difference to be honest with you I
0: know and it has It's opened up the opportunity for the people who are looking for jobs but also for organizations to find the talent so um so yeah, hybrid work. I mean, it is the future. We firmly believe that at Cisco. I firmly believe it. I don't think I would ever go and work anywhere now that it didn't offer the flexibility. And that's what Oh, you couldn't? I think, well, I couldn't no. anyway. And it's not even just a younger generation thing anymore. I think everyone is demanding some level of flexibility. So yes, yeah, so this is what this theme of the episode today is. And when we talk about um, hybrid work, and obviously I'm a collaboration specialist, so we talk about it a lot in our, our day-to-day jobs- and it's natural for us to talk about collaboration and for us to talk about hybrid working collaboration because it's things like what video devices are people going to use or people who are on the go taking calls. Do they need a headset? What are we going to do about putting their conferencing apps on their phones and um, everything? Like what are offices going to look like, repurposing offices with video? So hybrid work is totally top of mind for us. But then you start having conversations with other people and you start reading articles and you realise actually there's so many other people involved and so many other parts of our business at Cisco where hybrid work is so topical. And those are things like security, enterprise networking. So in this episode, not only do we have a chat with some of our collaboration friends and how collaboration is so topical within that area of the business, we're also talking to, to specialists in enterprise networking and security. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'll wait and introduce them when those parts come. But we think it's a really fun. It was a fun episode. It was a fun time recording this. And given everything was done very short notice, everyone was brilliant.
1: Yeah, and I think it is nice because I think you know we we all forget what actually goes into making a business hybrid. There's so many things you don't think about, especially as a user. You know, I don't think about you know how my laptop's being secured or how um you know my experiences like how does it even come into your working day? Really, I mean, I know we you know sell that into customers and we help customers on that journey but like you don't actually think about it as a user yourself and your user experience so i think it's there's so much that goes into it that you know loads of people wouldn't know has to happen in order and for I them think to work remote
0: subconsciously as well like we we kind of went on a bit of a tangent on some of our chats for this episode but it was brilliant but there was a lot of like nostalgia around what the office used to feel like and look like, especially the Glasgow office, we spoke about that. Obviously, we never experienced it. But there's so many things that we talk about that I just think, oh, I actually do miss that kind of side of an office. And I hope that we do get to a point where we do get a balance between going into the office and having that interaction that we all crave, but also being able for everyone to achieve the balance of working from home and working in an office. So yeah, great chats all round. Shall we get started with our first lot of guests? We shall.
2: Hey, hey don't put that in the podcast, by the way. Eileen <laughs> will kill me. Don't, don't, don't put that in the podcast.
0: <laughs> don't worry, this podcast is edited and listened to by comms before it goes out. So... <laughs> Steve and Paul, thanks very much for joining us on this episode of the Cisco UKI podcast. Um, this was actually a very last-minute scheduled podcast. We really do appreciate your time today, guys. Um, we're not we're going to be talking about hybrid work today. Um, and we just think it's quite interesting to look at it from different angles and different architectures from within Cisco. Because when we talk about hybrid work, everyone does tend to think about collaboration and, you know, remote workers and all the technology that goes with that. But what actually happens behind the scenes is really important too. So we have brought two legends. If I can, can I say that? I can say that. You guys are two legends here at Cisco in Scotland. You mean, so. you mean
2: old people? That's what you mean, isn't it? You mean old people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough okay two Bye.
0: legends um one from security one from enterprise networking world so paul let's start with you give us an introduction who you are what your job is here at cisco and tell us what your best memory from your time here at cisco is could be anything funny story achievement whatever and no acronyms
3: no, yes well that. done I've, I've listened to a few of the podcasts um Brett and rosie and they're they're, they're fantastic. I've just listened to Tina's and I, th- I think Steve have got a hard a hard act to follow here. Oh, okay. Right. Um so my name's Paul Quinn. Uh, I've been at Cisco, uh, you know, this is a podcast so they can't n- nobody can see me. So I've been at Cisco for 22 years. <laughs> uh, I think I'm known as what is a lifer in in Cisco and I think Steve you're a lifer as well. I think Steve qualifies as being a li- lifer. Uh, what do I do? I currently lead uh, the Enterprise Network Technical Specialist in the UK and I. So what does that mean? I don't know if there's any acronyms in that, Colette, but this is...
2: UK and I. I heard the UK and I. Uh, United. We've covered that in
0: previous. We've right. covered that in previous. Right. UK right. and Ireland. We've got that one.
3: So what... My team is full of incredibly bright individuals. I've got to say that because they, they all listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but their subject matters in the newest and greatest innovations that are in our enterprise network networking portfolio so things round software defined wan which is not an acronym because i said said it, the the latest in wireless technology and you know all the clever stuff that happens in in, in campuses right regarding my me- my best moments in cisco been here 22 years um I could probably take up this whole podcast <laughs> uh, with that. You know how many sales conferences have, have I been? Whether it be Vegas, LA, San Francisco, you know San Jose, Paris. There's a lot of stories uh, from that. Usually with the Scottish team, you know, I always revert back to the Scottish team, and uh, we're renowned for having a good time. Work hard, play hard. But probably, uh, you know, what I'm most proud of in Cisco is. The 2014 Commonwealth Games when it came to Glasgow, so uh, the Scottish team that was our project, and I led that with uh, with my colleague and dear friend Michael McCargo. Uh, and it, it was an amazing event which we sponsored. We we provided all the infrastructure, all the clever stuff that made that games happen. Uh, you know why did I like that? Obviously, Glasgow is my home city, sport. Is my passion, and obviously, Cisco's played a big part in my life. So that's me, Colette.
1: That's the kind of projects that make our job fun, isn't it? When you can get involved in something that you actually feel passionate about and Commonwealth Games. I mean, you know, who knows when that will come back around to, or if ever, to Scotland. So amazing that you were part of it.
0: And Steve, tell us a bit about you.
2: Yeah, I'm not quite as old as Paul. (laughs) I mean, as in being at Cisco is, is long, but um, yeah, so my name's Steve McKee, I, I, I'm a cyber security sales specialist, a CSS, I'll get the acronym after the explanation of the cyber security sales specialist, so I've been with Cisco and I was just working it out, uh, 16 years, Um, and uh, you know, I guess one of the things, and I, I was thinking about it again, you know, in terms of you know, memories and, and kind of Cisco, um, there, are, there are just too many, you know, kind of memories. And that's kind of one of the things as well. And that, uh, you know, over the last 16 years, what I can tell you is that the, the, the only constant in the organisation is change, you know, and it's good change. There's just lots of opportunity, lots of capability to you know, grow as an individual, yeah, you know, both in terms of knowledge and also just in terms of, you know, your kind of career and things.
3: Like, could I could I run something by you because because it involves <laughs> it involves Steve and just to see whether how this and when we used to go to the office every day, which means Steve used to do, mm-hmm. we actually sat in the same pod. And mm-hmm. So a pod there was four desks in a pod, and. To have a bit of humour during the day, we used to have what we called the song of the day, mm-hmm. right? So Monday would be me. So I'd be coming in, in the morning in my car and uh, Saturday night uh, at, at the movies by the drifters come on. So I would go in and I would start singing at the pod. <laughs> and the goal was to get the other three people. At the everybody pod, else and singing everybody. it. Mm-hmm. And we, you t- had to try hard not to sing that. I'm just thinking, would that be allowed, singing and all that kind of stuff in the modern modern environment?
0: Well, I would love for that to be a thing again. And, you know, <laughs> at the beginning, Rosie and I have had a chat about hybrid work in general just to set the scene for our conversation today. And, like, basically, like, if you read a lot of articles, it tends to focus on, like, five key reasons why people want hybrid working, And one of them is this... Well, people don't want to be around other sick people in the office so they want Mm -hmm. the option Mm -hmm. if they're sick to stay at home but the other one is better work-life balance um with hybrid working the other one was being able to hire talent across the globe because you've got access but the reason that people want to go back to an office now is basically because of all that stuff that you're saying and i do feel bad for like the younger generation that have come through and have experienced that camaraderie of an office mm. now mm. we are getting back to it and i hope i would love that we do see song of the day come back in the glasgow office at least so that's something that we'll take away from today so thanks for that
2: paul and, it, and it's a good point it's a good point that kind of paul mentions because you know going into the office kind of culturally speaking that's kind of what you did right you kind of you rocked up and you rocked up in the office but there was always something pretty much on a daily basis that you would pick up through just random conversations. So the kind of idea whereby, you know, at the pod or when you were away getting a coffee at a coffee machine, there'd be three, four, five people and you would just have these random conversations that would always inevitably end up in you learning something or picking up something new or, you know, giving you an idea, a little bit of a spark of a kind of innovation and things. And I found that really difficult to replicate. You know, working from home, right? You know, even if you just think about it practically, if there's four, five, six of you at a lunch table or something, right? Which would have been the case in the in the in the kind of previous uh, kind of office, uh, you, you could have started off with one conversation and everybody kind of chipping in. But inevitably, what happened is is that you know you would end up with two or three or four conversations all going at the same time round about the table and being able to kind of even just interact uh, between the conversations. That's such a difficult thing to replicate, you know, online, you know, virtually, as it were, you know, in this particular instance where we have a Webex, sometimes a lot, or a lot of times it's like one singer, one song, you know, somebody's having a chat and it's always about the one subject. It's really difficult. They kind of peel off to kind of three, four, five different chats. To then all you, you, you know, kind of uh, come back. So I miss that, and so again, that that would that would be an incentive for me to go back into the office just to get get Steve, those. Are you you're saying
3: here that really you miss me? You're missing I me. I do a lot. wee bit, a wee bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I miss the banter, right? The, as you would say, Aww. the banter. <laughs> and, um, no, that's
0: it is. It's a good insight, Stephen. It is what we're going to kind of come on to about why do people want to go back to the Mm. office and it's because the the office nowadays has to be a better experience than working from home and we're going to come on to that on on the subject of hybrid work when we talk about each of your architectures but before we start, we're going to, well before we start, we've already started the conversation but before we go any further, don't know if you've listened to our previous podcast but Rosie and I have a game that we like to play with our guests and Mm -hmm. it's called, the game is called Ping to Win now, the last time we introduced Ping to Win, it was on David Mead's podcast, the episode we had with David. And David actually turned it on its head and and turned it back on us. And that's not what <laughs> we're today, okay? It's on YouTube. So Rosie and I were chatting before you joined, and we thought, what would be a funny Ping to Win that we could do with Stephen Paul? And what we thought is, right, the game is this. You have both got to... Ping, so when we talk about ping for listeners who are new and don't know what we mean by ping to win, ping is what we say when we message people on Webex. We ping someone on Webex, okay? So we want each of you well, so ping...
3: Before you do that, can I can interrupt yes, you. right? You may. Me and Steve are He's both... He's going to
2: say something about networking now, yeah.
3: Right, right, so me and Steve are both disciples of networking, and ping is an acronym. You said ping. Do you want to know what that acronym stands for?
0: What? Ping um, is an acronym in the context of like, ping someone on Webex?
3: Well, maybe not on Webex. The
2: original derivation of ping.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. oh, please do. Enlighten so us.
3: The acronym is packet internet groper, is the correct terminology for ping.
0: Well, there you go. He learns it, is it every day to school, day. So yeah.
3: there you go. So by you're using acronyms, not even knowing their acronyms.
0: I just thought I just meant like, ping, like Ping, like you just ping them oh, a message, instant messaging ping. So well, there you go. So thanks for that, though. But the this, the game today is, we want each of you to ping your respective bosses, and tell them, <laughs> tell them that you feel really passionately about upping your social media game, and as such, you would really like to get into TikTok, and you've seen a course that you would like to learn TikTok. Okay, and it's called TikTok for Dummies. You would really like to sign up to the course, could you get their blessing? And we want to see whose boss comes back the quickest and with the best response. I'm,
2: I'm doing My it boss though. is on holiday. My I'm boss is on right holiday. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to disturb them. D- D- you know. Come so i you need to find someone else. else then. I, I'll, I'm <sighs> going to ping my boss's boss. That's who I'm going to ping. Just wait a minute, right, you know?
0: <laughs> it needs to come across as being like genuine but I'm, I'm actually quite serious about upping my social media game, I need to be more on video, I've yes. seen a course I'd really like I to think do,
1: I need to educate myself
3: So yeah. if I'm going to be sincere in this, I'm not going to do it right now, I'll wait till after this I'm, No,
0: because you have, does your boss know that you're doing a, the podcast right oh, now?
3: What do you mean? I didn't know I was doing the podcast to 10 right, minutes ago. Right, so
0: this is the point you have to do it live right now and then as our conversation continues, continue if you get a response They ping you back. You tell us what they say, right? And then we just wait. We wait and see who gets back to you the quickest and what the response is. Steve, have you sent yours? I'm
2: sending it right now. I'm sending it right.
0: I'm starting the timer. Actually, get into the serious business. You two are subject subject matter experts in your fields, hence why you're here. I mean, you're here for the banter too. We really, we thought it would just got the chat of you. Yeah. You, you you tick that box, but talking about hybrid work, like I said, I'm always in collaboration. In collaboration, hybrid work is just the word on the street. Everyone's talking about what is the future of work going to look like, it's going to be hybrid. And what do we mean by that? It means some people are going to work from the office some days, some people are going to work from home. And in collaboration, that's really easy to contextualize. It's all about what tools are we going to give people, what sort of video devices are we going to have at home and in the office, and it all makes sense. But actually, there's so much more that's going to go into it for business leaders to think about. And Paul, let's start with you. So enterprise networking, when we're talking about hybrid work, and I think I spoke to you about this recently because I'd read an article that was talking about people are going back to the office now and they're going back to the office just to join video calls. This is what's happening. This is a trend that's happening. So we're talking about going back to socialize. But the reality is most people are going into the office and then just joining even more video calls and it's putting pressure on things like bandwidth in offices that they've never experienced before. So from your point of view what what are you seeing in your area what trends are developing post pandemic what are business leaders from an enterprise networking point of view having to think about
3: So I mean I think a lot of people always kind of use the bandwidth you no know, we need lots and lots of bandwidth to do all the kind of clever things that we're doing just now Really, it's not about that. It's about, as you say, the user experience. And, you know, we're all sitting in our houses just now, uh, you know, without the, the clever things we do in our houses just now, we don't do that with a really strict, good foundation in the house. So, you know, enterprise networking, but be building a, a platform that's going to support all the clever things that you you you're going to do. So all the kind of things you're doing in Webex, you know, they just don't happen magically, right? Underneath the covers of that, there's lots of different technologies. A lot of them that sit within enterprise networking that's kind of making that happen. Whether that be in the wide area network, whether that be in the campus that you're on, or whether that be you know, wireless connectivity. The amount of innovations that 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 we we're we're developing within Cisco, and if I rewind back twenty two years to when I started in Cisco, you know the evolution of our networking platform to support the kind of applications is just incredible.
1: Yeah, and I think you know a lot of people, as you say, think about collaboration as being like endpoints and things like that but actually is it's more around how we adapt where our workers are and if they're working from say like um a costa shop or if they're working you know on the move which a lot of us doing We're, we're trying to get back into that routine and i think that then kind of plays into steve's field around that security piece and how do businesses even start around securing people that are here there and everywhere like you know, what do they do? I think that's a lot of businesses' primary concern as well.
2: Yeah, and kind of therein lies the opportunity a little bit as, as well, because, um, um, again, if you think about the network in years gone by, it was relatively straightforward to describe. Again, you went into the office and you sat at your desk and you connected to a network typically that was internally managed and secured and looked after and everybody would have been behind what you would have called the firewall right the firewall the thing connecting to the 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 kind of internet you you know these days that 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 kind of place in the network um is much more diverse now you know so what you would have called the perimeter the security perimeter i.e the firewall between you being in the internal network reaching out to the external network i.e. the internet is much more porous and much less defined now because we are working from everywhere we can work from home we can work in coffee shops we can work in you know kind of customer sites <clears throat> and so what what we then talk about these days is a, a much more kind of software defined perimeter the ability to still secure our you know not just our own end users, the people that we manage, but also the environments that we allow people to attach to, and that might be guest users or guest Wi-Fi and things. Um, But we can can manage that, but in a much more distributed kind of manner. And then that's allowed us to build services that, you know, hopefully make life a little bit easier for the admins, the people who have to kind of deliver that through the use of maybe kind of cloud delivered security as an example. But but if you think about it, the trends, you know, there's lots of trends that all kind of seem to happen together, you know. So if you think about, driven by hybrid working as well. So if you think about the internet now as a transport mechanism, a network that everybody's using, um, you know, the obvious challenges and things about, you know, the internet being that open access network then makes you think, a lot more about kind of security, but also makes you think a lot more about um, visibility, observability, being able to see, you know, kind of what your users are doing, and maybe even being able to kind of provide a kind of level of, what we might call is digital experience monitoring, right? If you think of yourself as an end user, what you want is you want the security to be as, you know, seamless as possible. You don't want it to get in the way. And you want the t- collaboration technology to do the same. You don't want it to get in the way. You just you just want it to, you know, kind of be there so that you can have a conversation uh, kind of with somebody. But if you think about it, the internet is inherently unreliable, right? There's lots of different, the, the internet is made up of lots of different, you know, kind of networks. And you know, it's unreliable from the point of view that, you know, some some sometimes you may be working from home and there's a little bit of contention and there's a little bit of an issue in the network, or you're working in the coffee shop and there's lots of people trying to join the Wi-Fi network and all fighting over a kind of bandwidth. But ultimately all you want to do is you want to just have a video call or something. You just want to have a, a kind of level of collaboration technology. These days and in that modality. We need new tools to be given to the admins and the folk who are operationalizing that to give them the insight uh, to allow them to determine, you know, where problems might be in this kind of new world. Uh, when when they managed the network that was behind the firewall in the office building, it was quite easy to determine. Now that we're using networks, you know, like from anywhere, the coffee shop, at home, even consuming services from the public. Internet, the public cloud services, the SaaS applications, the software as a service, you know, the the WebExes and, and so on. How do those people work out where problems might lie, you know, and that's that digital experience monitoring piece that although might not make you think immediately about security, the security elements that help, you know, the security elements that you can derive from that digital experience monitoring to help as well. Through, through through things like behavioral analytics you know working out what's normal and what's abnormal and what's you know the needle in the haystack what looks as if you know there's something that I should spend a little bit of time investigating and, and so on but again think about it as an end user and you try to do a video call and it wasn't that great it was breaking up and there there was an issue you're you're going to immediately phone the help desk and just say to somebody, or maybe you won't, maybe you'll just ignore it, right, and forget about it, but feel as if it was a horrible experience and harbour it as a grudge forever type of thing. The the admins and operational people want to know about that, you know, they want to know. And if they had the insight and capability to say, well, do you know what? It was the Wi-Fi in the coffee shop.
1: It happened to me recently.
2: Yeah,
1: I was on WebEx and I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out why my WebEx kept dropping. I literally couldn't hear anyone. And I I was like, my internet's running fine. I was like, I cannot figure this out. And actually it was a customer was flagging the same issue. So we looked into it and through one of the applications that um, we use at Cisco, they managed to figure out that one of the internet providers was misdirecting mm-hmm. the traffic, and they were on the same internet provider that I was, and they raised a the ticket, got it sorted, and then my mine was absolutely back up and running, but it was actually the internet provider and not the application. So it happened to me.
3: Can, can I, could, I, could I give you a little example of, of the kind of things we're doing, doing just now to help the thing that you love so much, uh, WebEx? Um, yes, please do. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you know that Webex is is very very resilient, and the reason it's so resilient is that we have multiple data centers all over the the globe. So um, our our next generation WAN, and you know I hate to use acronyms, but software defined WAN SD WAN is 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 the technology that allows us to use the internet as if it's our, our, our own private network. Um it has a it has a technology called Cloud OnRamp. So Cloud Cloud OnRamp is a is it's really a set of technologies that are all bundled together to help the user experience. Right. So when we're setting up a WebEx session, this clever clever software that sits in our routers works out what best data center WebEx is is going to host your meeting on. Right. So it can look at the data center in London, which might be the nearest to us and and look at that and say, it's really busy, it's doing A, B, C, D. Maybe those users will get another, a better experience going to another data center. That's the kind of innovation that sits on our our routers and switches that that help your application, which is WebEx. We do the same thing with Office 365 with Microsoft. And we've got various partnerships with all sorts of vendors, to, to which is there to kind of help the user experience. All these kind of things are happening under the covers. All you there. don't even think about it, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: were these were those? See that what you're talking about there and that innovation of it direct into the best data center. Was that innovations that came out as a, because of the pandemic, because of problems that were happening when everyone went remote, or were these innovations that were had already been happening, or are these? as a result of the problems so
3: these, are, faced. these are more likely to be a result of applications moving to the cloud, mm-hmm. C- certainly expedited by the fact that what's happening with work, work from home.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and again, it's kind of one of those things where I think, you know, particularly Cisco is quite good at just seeing around the corner a little bit and making sure that we're moving towards that kind of innovation Uh you know it'd be ahead of the game a little bit, you know so the 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 kind of idea of um and I guess one of the analogies that works well for me around that kind of software defined internet or software defined kind of wide area network is the idea of like you know you might have your sat nav in a in your car, and the sat nav might be able to work out that there's three or four or five different ways of getting to your destination. And it'll kind of know if there's a little bit of traffic, you know, in one of the routes. And it might kind of decide that you're probably best going down a kind of different route. Think about that at the application level now, whereby, you know, you're trying to kind of get a good experience on your WebEx. a kind of call under the hood of the technology, there's mechanisms that saying, do you know what? This internet connection or this wide area connection here to route you back into corporate to go out of an internet site. Um that's that's maybe even in another country to a certain extent, might be a good route for that traffic to go because it's going to give you a better experience. And then if you think about it from a security perspective, if what we're kind of saying uh is is that the 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 kind of perimeter isn't as defined as it used to be, right? And we're going to use the internet as a, a kind of transport. Um and we're maybe going to access public cloud services, so we're going to access applications that are not even on on our network so we're going to use the internet to get there and maybe kind of you you know access applications and services as somebody else's kind of data center you kind of need to start to think about security slightly differently and so it introduces concepts of things like kind of zero trust or zero trust kind of network access now what, what that kind of really means is it's a little bit of a in a marketing term, it's not like a product, I buy a zero trust box type of thing. It's an architecture that you can follow to make sure that you've got a fighting chance to protect yourself. So in the world of zero trust, what it really means is being able to kind of um, get a good handle on the end users themselves, the identity of the people, the devices that the people are using, uh, and uh, starting to build levels of trust, so you start the, almost like the opposite way that you used to do networking. Networking in the old days when you built, you know, an office network. It meant that you, when you were in the office and you connected to that network, you could pretty much go and access whatever you wanted at that point.
1: I was literally just about to say that there's so many little subtle changes. Like when I used to go into the office, you used to dock in, you used to put in your Ethernet cable. I mean, laptops mm. don't even have Ethernet cables anymore, but that's what you used to do put your Ethernet cable in and then you'd be attached to the network. Whereas that's the kind of conversations you're having now is like you're not, mm. and you know, people are maybe downsizing their office spaces and they mm. may be changing office locations because they're not a, as many people in the office, but it's also about redesigning their office yeah. space because maybe, you know, like me, I'm not I'm not going into the office and I'm not docking my laptop. I'm just going in and I want to connect to the Wi-Fi and I want everything to work lovely and smoothly like it does at home. So it's like really subtle changes like that, just as you're saying. Sorry to interrupt you, but
2: yeah and you're bang on, right? And as I say, there's lots of opportunities where you know you're not we would have talked about it for years um, around the idea of kind of hybrid working to a certain extent, whereby we maybe talk to environments around a real estate rationalisation. Do you need that office to be as big as it is? Because mm-hmm. if you if you implement a hybrid working scenario, it might mean that, you, you know, of your total workforce, you might only have 30% of them normally in the office than what you would have had in the past. So could you could you reduce your floor space? Could you reduce your real estate? Rationalise it a little bit better and start to kind of build a technology platform that provides a good user experience, whereby people could work in the office when they need to, work at home when they want to. Maybe even introducing the co- concept of what we would call smart work centres. I mean, something that was really interesting to me, which which... You know, we pioneered years ago. I think culturally, sometimes we've got to wait until people catch up. We're a little bit of ahead of the curve sometimes. And around smart work centres, I always found was really interesting, whereby imagine the scenario where particularly in big cities, uh, you kind of wanted to try and stop people travelling into the city centre just to go into the office. And what you had was like a, a kind of a number of smart work centers dotted about the suburbs and these smart work centers were like almost like kind of uh, colo facilities whereby not not necessarily working from home right in your own little individual space not necessarily going all the way into the city center to get into the office but a halfway house the kind of smart work center might be in a place whereby you know, the facilities might be a little bit better. Let's talk about Collab. They might have better video facilities. They might even have some shared facilities like, you know, it might have some, you know, a nursery, a creche, some childcare or whatever. It might even have a little kind of coffee shop. Um, but it just allows you to kind of have a, a little bit of a better experience than you might have at home. Um, but it also stopped you having to travel all the way into the city centre and kind of, uh, you know, maybe kind of um, I took cashers on public transport and various other bits and pieces so if you just imagine a scenario where there's a number of these smart work centres dotted about pretty much within a 20 minute walk or bike ride from your house um, and, and lots of these were interconnected as well imagine that in a hybrid scenario as well where yeah. you could work from home work in these nice smart work centres or go into the office for whatever reason. But for you, the experience is the best that, that it can be in each of those locations, uh, type of thing. It
0: kind of touches on what I was going to ask next about this idea about these workspaces, and I think a lot of businesses are kind of transitioning to that type of model now, mm. particularly around small and mid-sized businesses. So, as both of you know, Rosie and I cover that kind of small and mid-sized element of Cisco and we often hear, oh, I can't work with Cisco. You only work with big businesses. Like, Mm. I wouldn't get, like, Cisco wouldn't help me. But what can, because obviously these challenges with small and mid-sized compared to big enterprise businesses are different. But in this new age of hybrid working and small businesses who might not have all the resource or, the budgets or what can they be doing to make sure that they can keep up to speed with hybrid work in a kind of small to mid-size level business? What advice are you giving business leaders in those spaces?
2: So me, me kind of personally, I would say there's a an opportunity a lot for those size of businesses, because it's potentially a good cultural fit. You know, if you think about maybe that cultural aspect, um. And, and God love them, but if you think about some of our public sector customers, back in the day, we would have talked about that hybrid working scenario. But culturally, they just seemed a little bit reluctant to could go down that route. Obviously, with the pandemic, that culture shift was forced upon them, right? So all of the positive attributes that we would talk about in that hybrid working scenario, um, was they, they were kind of forced on them, and that kind of realisation came about that said, you know what, this kind of stuff works, you know, and we can, you know, provide a better experience and, and kind of so on. Um, but but there was that huge cultural barrier to get get over. I think that cultural barrier sometimes still exists, particularly in the larger kind of companies. If you're a small medium kind of business, arguably, you, know, you, you can be a little bit more nimble and you can actually adopt a kind of mobile first strategy to a certain extent almost like that kind of hybrid working strategy off the bat. And if you think about the technology, jigsaw piece, pieces that are there together, I think if you were like a small, medium business kind of starting out, there's never been a better time, right? So pretty much a lot of the applications and services can just be consumed, what we call software as a service, these cloud-based you know, applications. You don't need to go and build and install things in a data center, you can just go and consume. You can be mobile first from the point of view. If you've got your laptop and your smartphone and you can connect to a quality internet, you can do your your business kind of almost. And then you overlay the technologies that allow you to do things like, you know, real-time collaboration and so on. Again, you know, pretty much consumed as a service. If you think about it at a technology level, it's relatively lightweight, right? You know, it's it's kind of not anything that you need to invest in kind of hugely. Couple that with the security um, solutions that we have, again, recognizing that, you know, you could be working from anywhere and attaching to anything and, you know, um, but you still need to provide a duty of care, a cloud-based security model helps you kind of do that. You know, you want to kind of police and policy centrally and have it kind of delivered uh, irrespective of where the device and thing is attaching it kind of to. So you could almost say that if you were a small, medium business, there's never been a better time, you know, to kind of take the advantages that this technology set has to offer to allow you to go and compete with the big guys. Because I think some of the big guys are still going through that cultural shift a little bit. If you think about it, they've got offices in real estate that right now they're probably rejigging just now for the new modality. So they've got some new... Hybrid workspace thought processes and how they could make use of that. Well, they're
1: in like lease contracts that are the next
2: they're stuck. in 15
1: years, they're stuck.
3: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think from my point of view, over the years, small businesses always loved our technology, just the difficulty consuming it. And what I mean by that is they didn't have the IT staff to, with, with the way that we're often, look at Meraki. Uh, look at DNA mm. Centre. It's so easy to turn on the functionality that we have within our platforms now. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for them to take advantage of that. That didn't exist in the past.
2: And it's a, it's a good shout. You know, And I know a couple of the grads are working on a fantastic kind of programme to try and show that full stack together that would be particularly useful for the small, medium businesses. So if you think about the, you know, the Meraki, full-stack capability there. It's literally cloud-managed and simplified to the point where, you know, potentially you're buying a lot of time back to the kind of um, maybe not even full-time IT staff, right? Just people who, you you know, have to do that, pick that up as part of their day job. Couple that with a cloud-delivered security mechanisms to keep people safe. Couple that with a kind of collaboration technology that allows you to kind of meet up with folk irrespective of where you are you know kind of geographically and then being able to kind of make use of things like you know cloud edge technology whereby maybe there is some data and things that you want close to you maybe within your own a kind of network while still consuming lots of public cloud services you you kind of mash all of that together so that meraki full stack cloud delivered security collaboration technology and the cloud delivered kind of edge or the edge cloud services, particularly in the things like the HyperFlex stack, you put them all together, and you've just got a fantastic tech- technology stack that, that you know you would hope just allows businesses to go and do what they do, right? So you know we, we love te- talking about technology. A lot of our customers just use the te- their consumers of technology in order to get their business done. The law firms, right? Their retail outlets, there are you know, professional services organisations, what we need to be kind of showing those organisations, how we can deliver a simplified IT stack uh, just to allow them to go on and do their job, right? Which is, you know, helping helping people, you know, write wills or whatever, and, the and, legal and firms and things. And so Steve, we to, would, you,
3: would you not agree that, kind of, from both of us working technology, probably the, the most rewarding part for us and our teams is, is seeing... Our customers get real business value out of mm-hmm. technology. That's yeah. the most rewarding thing that, uh, uh, that that we see in our teams. So not just technology for technology's sake, but our technology really solving some of their business problems and making them, you know, making them more competitive out within their markets. Yeah. I think
1: that's, we we that's see that all the time. Sorry, I was just say to say that's and we, we it see- small. <laughs>
0: And Rosie and I say this a lot on the podcast, but anyone that we have on and we come on and they talk about the different areas of Cisco, the technology that we have, I think as day-to-day people who work at Cisco, we totally take it for granted just how seamless our days are in terms Mm -hmm. of... We connect to WebEx. We have Duo. That pop- like, I mean, I talk about... People ask me, like, when I got my Apple Watch, well, what's the coolest like, what's the thing that you use your Apple Watch for? And it's like tracking steps, but also my favourite feature, the Duo pop-up on my Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> see, when I can't find my mobile and I need to, like, sign on on Duo and it pops up on my Apple Watch, blows my mind. I'm like, that is incredible technology, which is just so, like, the fact like, that technology first, is...
2: I was first... It's- I remember you at the
3: pod, Paul. I was uh, I was as always I'm the leader in the technology (laughs) in the Scottish team as you know. And I was first to have an iWatch. And uh, we were having After Song of the Day (laughs) into the coffee machine and Steve said you can get duo on your watch, but he got me we got trial software to go on my watch. So I was first to have duo on my wow.
2: And if it, it passes the Paul Quinn test, it's going to be a success. Yeah, you've hit, you, you know, you've hit on a really interesting topic, particularly around security, right? Because it's just one of the things that, that I think a lot of organisations struggle with, because you know, in the world of security, historically, the security department was the department that said no, right? You know, it's like computers yeah. say no, and and and. Unfortunately, the kind of more that you ask the individual user to do, right, you know, the barriers that you put in place around security, a lot of times people will then find ways to circumvent it or go around it or maybe kind of ignore it kind of sometimes. And which is the worst thing that you want to do in the world of security? What you want, and this is where I think Cisco has been doing a fantastic job, Particularly around the security space is to try and make things as frictionless as possible, right? You know, so even just simple things like using your Apple Watch to say a yes, no, <laughs> and then you if you that. think, if, if, and if you think about it, as we move move a little bit forward, so one of the initiatives, which maybe some of you guys have already signed up, it kind to with Cisco IT is like the passwordless initiative, whereby, again, remembering passwords can be just a bit of a challenge, right? So if if we've got mechanisms in place whereby you don't need to remember passwords anymore, we can use things like the um, additional authentication mechanisms like your Apple Watch, maybe some of the biometrics that are native to the devices that you've got, you know, like the little face, kind of face, uh, kind of ID in your Apple phone and all these kind of things.
0: Guys, I'm conscious of time. Um, I'd love to know if you got a reply, first of all, from your bosses.
1: They're probably having a lie down like they possibly have just joined.
3: Oh, to. right. I'll read you out. Mine's right. Afternoon, sir. One for us to have a chat on. We'd <laughs> to <let's> understand more. <laughs> I, I, think it, I, I think he's let me down gently here on it. Yes. Uh, uh, so,
2: uh, uh, that sounds like a manager's response, definitely. Uh, that uh, one, you know. You might have to uh, cut that bit. out. What
0: time, was, <laughs> what time was that at, Paul? When did you get your response?
3: Uh it, it was in a meeting, so I it, I sent it at fourteen twenty-three, and I got a response at fourteen fifty-three.
0: No, oh, that's not bad. That's good going, Steve. Have you had a reply?
2: I've not had a reply. I can see the wee the wee um, icon popped up that I think uh, Graham may have read it, and he's obviously digesting <laughs> digesting. Maybe what he's on the floor
0: somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a great effort. Paul, in terms of ping to win, you are the winner today. You got a response before Steve did, which is, if Steve's response comes back, if, I mean, if Steve gets it signed off, that'll be amazing. <laughs> we'll see Steve on a TikTok channel before we know it. That'll be brilliant.
3: Can you remember, right, so I'm, I'm turning this back on you, can you remember okay. what ping stands for? The acronym?
0: Packet Internet Groper?
3: Yeah, 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 got yeah, it. Yeah. Aye.
0: brilliant. So it's good to know.
3: It was a, it was a troubleshooting tool back in the day when, when me and Steve invented the internet.
0: <laughs> right, I heard that story <laughs> Back before, when you were on bikes to trying to make internet.
2: it run. Paul, Paul did bring the internet to Scotland. That's how far back it goes. That,
3: that is very true.
0: About you bringing the internet to Scotland.
2: That's a true story.
3: Somebody, has to, somebody had to connect up, and I was that person.
0: I, I always thought you were pulling my leg when you told me that story. Not
3: at all, that's a true story.
0: You're just the first of everything, aren't you? First of the jewel on your iPhone, iWatch, first right, to the... connect to the internet in Scotland. There you go. Mm. Just wow. a, a trailblazer. <laughs> well, guys, that was an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. That's well, been good fun. Thank you both. It's been great fun. Thank you very much. So Rosie, wasn't that a barrel of laughs? I'm
1: still laughing. That was genuinely so funny. Like, Paul's boss is genuinely going to think he's (laughs) ready to start investing in his social media presence. (laughs) And I just...
0: (laughs) I actually would love to know what... We're going to have to ask Joachim for his post-ping-to-win thoughts because that was funny. Well, we're treading on dangerous ground, I think, with our (laughs) ping-to-wins, but it was good fun and i actually would love to see i mean steve and paul as a joint tiktok account i would follow all day long follow for sure like they are just great it's a good thing about our teams here isn't it like that you know that you can rely on somebody to come on and want to talk about what they do this is the thing like they all love talking about what they do every day but it was brilliant i learned loads i love the stories about back in the day um and I also just everything that we touched about about duo on our Apple watches, I mean we're we're spoiled. We are spoiled here with technology. So um yeah, really good insights all round. So brilliant chat and yeah. Still laughing. <laughs> so that's a wrap on part one of our two part hybrid work special. In the next section, we're chatting with even more of our Cisco colleagues, this time looking at hybrid work from a collaboration perspective. So jump on over to part two of this episode to listen. And don't forget to share your feedback and ideas by emailing us at ukipodcast@cisco.com. at and make sure you like and subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.